We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today is Friday, June the 28th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. And on today's show, I break down tomorrow's game as South Carolina looks to make it three straight SEC wins and get to 500 in conference play as they take on the Texas Egan and Aggies in College Station. Guys, I'll break down this game in its entirety. First things first, we'll talk Texas A&M. Also, top storylines, Aggies players to watch for, keys the game, and I will lock in my prediction as well, also, guys, we're talking yard cocks here on this Friday as I continue along with the position unit preview series today. We're talking South Carolina second baseman as we sit now just exactly three weeks away from opening day. Guys, I'll break down the second base position in its entirety, including key losses, key returners, most approved, best overall, season will be successful if, and I will give my overall grade for the Yardcocks second baseman as well, guys. we got a packed show here on a Friday, and of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, for all your movie needs in the 2022 calendar year, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group, or of course, if you have any other questions, go to their website, Up upstatemoversgroup.com that's upstatemoversgroup.com be sure to check them out and tell them chris from the spurs up show sent you let's get it Guys, we always say it's a great day to have a day. And in some instances, that applies more so than others. Well, folks, this Friday today is one of those days. As I sit here right now, guys, I wish you could see me laid up in a bungalow down in South Florida, about 200 yards or so, really a stone's throw away from the beach. Feels good to be good, and it feels great to be talking to you, doing what I love to do, what I'm passionate about in this warm weather here. The weather report right now, as I know our good friend Phil from the Daily Crow always loves to talk about up in New Hampshire, super cold. Right now, it's about 70 degrees. I'm sitting in this bungalow on our porch, on the porch of the Airbnb, 
rocking swim trunks and a Carolina baseball jersey, unbuttoned, of course, enjoying the weather. But again, I appreciate you all partaking in it with me and really excited again to talk Gamecocks. Again, this is stuff that dreams are made of. Doing what you love to do, talking about your favorite team, mic in hand, laptop next to you laid up, doing it from a warm weather location like this. Again, it's awesome, man. I appreciate y'all. Sincerely, man, thank you all so much for tuning in. Hope you're all doing well. Hope this show does find you well. Again, we're having a fantastic time down here in Florida. Excited to get back to South Carolina, though, as again, we sit now just three weeks away, 21 days exactly to opening day for the Yardcocks and a huge weekend, by the way, for South Carolina basketball and what's at stake for them. Again, we're going to get into all that in just a second, guys. Before we get going really quickly, again, thank you all so much for tuning in, and I hope this show does find you well. I hope you've had a fantastic week. Again, it's been incredible to get out of town and sort of re-energize and refocus and, and find inspiration and travel and nature and all that good stuff, and uh, it, it's, it's been awesome. So, again, thank you all for supporting and allowing me and us the opportunity to do so. Um, really exciting news and exciting stuff around the corner, by the way, starting Next week, there's a lot of moving pieces right now in regards to partnerships and opportunities and things we're going to be doing. So, again, I want to give you guys a little bit of a teaser, if you will, on this Friday and just let you know we got some really awesome stuff in the works. So stay tuned for all that. But without further ado, guys, let's go ahead and dive into it again. Gamecocks taking on the Texas A&M Aggies. We're going to start on the hardwood as Frank Martin squad looks to win its third straight and believe it or not, get to 500 in SEC play. Who would have thought a week ago this team would be staring down the barrel of getting back to 500? And all of a sudden, who knows? Who knows? But maybe, just maybe, catching lightning in a bottle, and who knows what could, could become of this season? Does postseason play come into vision? I don't know. you got to take care of the Aggies first. By the way, South Carolina A&M in College Station, Texas at Reed Arena, 8.30 tip on the SEC Network. Uh, the series history, South Carolina actually leads us 8-5, and five, and Carolina has fared really, really favorably against Texas A&M, winning five in a row in the series, including the last meeting, which was last year. South Carolina won that game 78-54. Texas A&M on the season – 15 and five. They're four and three in conference play, but get this started out the year four and oh in the SEC, lost their last three games. And when you look at the schedule, they suffered a heartbreaker in their last one, 70 to 64 at number 19 LSU. But they started conference play, beat Georgia, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Mizzou before dropping their last three to Kentucky at Arkansas. And then, of course, like I just mentioned, the LSU game by six points. So, again, Texas A&M, a desperate group, man, coming home. They need a win. They lost three in a row in the conference. They've got asper or expectations and, and hopes and dreams in this season under Buzz Williams, their head coach. If they're going to get there, if they're going to get postseason play, this is certainly one on their home floor you'd think they have to win, and you'd expect the desperate Aggies bunch to come out there and give a spirited effort against South Carolina. Texas A&M is a team averaging 74.4 points per game, holding their opponents to 64 points per game. And guys, when you talk top storylines and the importance of this game, that's where I start for both sides. You know, I would probably say to this to this point, man, this is the most important game to date for South Carolina. Uh, obviously, it's big for A&M, again, four and three, but losers of the last three. They have not fared well against South Carolina over the last five meetings of the Gamecocks winning all five. But you, you look at South Carolina's schedule and you look at this season still early on in conference play, and what it is and what it can become. Again, I don't want to overreact to wins 
over Vandy and Georgia and games in which you were down and out, you were dead, you were down at half, obviously, and you somehow, some way, find a way to be resilient, fight, scratch, and claw, and get a victory. I don't want to overreact to that. Again, you entered this week knowing if you were going to, quote-unquote, salvage the season in any way, you had to go 3-0. and And again, what does salvage mean? Does salvage even mean make the tournament? Not necessarily, but if you were even going to threaten sniffing getting on the bubble, you had to go 3-0 and this week. Now, you look at this game, I'll be really intrigued to see what the Vegas line is in this one because, again, A&M is a quality team. they got good players. Yes, they've lost their last three, but they also won their first four. They've got 15 wins on the year. So, again, they're a solid team. And, again, you got to go to Reed Arena. But the importance of this game, because fairly or unfairly, you lose this one, and I think fans go back to, oh, we're terrible. Fire Martin. Here we go again. You know, shut down the program, burn down the program, if you will, taking on that attitude. If you're able to win this one, though, and get to 500 in SEC play, sitting at four and four, when it felt like your season was basically over. I mean, I thought it was at one and four. I was like, you know what? This team is on pace to go the six and 12 that I predicted in the preseason and SEC play. You win this one tomorrow and you get to four and four. Again, guys, I don't have a crystal ball. We can't predict what the future holds. But who knows? At least it opens the door up to possibilities, right? At least there's a possibility because the schedule is going to get tougher. But, hey, guess what? When you catch lightning in a bottle and you capture momentum and you got a bunch of guys that believe in one another, they're going to fight for each other, they're going to play together, they're going to play for each other, hey, they don't know they're not supposed to win. They don't know they're not supposed to be good. So maybe just maybe again, you do catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe just maybe you do capture some magical run, sort of like you had in 2017 throughout the rest of SEC play. And who knows, you look up into the season, you fought your way to at least being a bubble team, which again, we've taught postseason expectations and the expectations this season, getting the postseason. I think this is one you really got to have. I think this is one you really desperately need. You've got all this momentum right now. And again, I know you haven't played great basketball, but you have found a way to win either way. You're taking on a wounded Texas A&M team. You need to take advantage. Again, I think right now when you look at the season, I'm not going to say must win. I'm not going to sound like a broken record in that way. But in regards to importance, I think this is the most important game to date for this basketball team this season. Another big storyline, guys. I talked about going to Reed Arena, going on the road. Simply put, can the Gamecocks snap out of their road funk? Because, guys, if you haven't noticed, the Gamecocks have been absolutely abysmal on the road this season. You've got one true road win, and that was at Vandy, in which you won by two points. Outside of that, you've lost every other road game by double digits. You look at Arkansas, you look at uh, Coastal Carolina. You look at Clemson. It hasn't been good. It hasn't been good for you at all. I'm not even factoring in the, the neutral site games early on in the season. So you have not been good on the road. Why is that? What's the reasoning behind that? What happens to this team? And again, I know it's tougher to win on the road. You've played some really good teams on the road, but you need to snap out of that funk. Again, I think we all agree the slow starts cannot continue. There's just no way you can make a living doing that, being down double digits, basically going into halftime. And I don't know what's being said at halftime. I don't know what's happening at half, but it's working. But you cannot make a living doing that again can you parlay positive momentum can you come out of the gate strong and really take it to AM and put all the pressure on them because you think about it all the pressure is on them I mean they're the home team right they've lost three in a row they've got to have this game 
but you've been abysmal on the road. So something's got to give. Something's got to give. And they've been fantastic at home, by the way. 10 and 1 are the Aggies on their home floor this season. So again, can South Carolina snap out of that road funk and do something it hasn't really done this year, which is go on the road and play well and get a victory? Another big story on this one, of course, is the trend that is South Carolina really just having its way with Texas A&M, which is crazy. I wish that would happen on the football field. But uh, in basketball, I don't know, guys. South Carolina leads the series again, 8-5. and five. They won the last five in a row, whatever. It doesn't matter what happens. I mean, again, you think about last year. As tough as that season was for the Gamecocks, hey, guess what? They found a way to beat Texas A&M. Does that continue? Does that level of confidence carry over again? It's a lot of new guys, so I highly doubt that really factors in for them. But – do you see South Carolina's winning ways over Texas A&M continue? Is that something that really even factors in this game? I think for Frank Martin, I just think Frank Martin against Buzz Williams, he seems to like coaching against him, and he sort of has his number. So do the winning ways against A&M, do they continue as well? Again, guys, I just mentioned it. Another big storyline, the slow starts. Is there another slow start on the horizon for South Carolina? If they start slow, can they overcome it yet again? I mean, guys, I have to tend to think your luck is going to run out at some point. At some point, you're going to be down double digits at half, and that team that's leading you is going to put you away. They're not going to let you come back. They're not going to let you get hot. And I think you've definitely benefited, by the way, being at home, being at home and, you know, riding the momentum of your home crowd, and you sort of get things going, and your crowd sort of wills you, if you will, to a second half comeback. You're not going to have that anymore. You're not going to have that at Reed Arena and College Station. You're going to have everybody against you, Everybody pulling against you, pulling for you to fail. So if you get down early, I think a is going to do their best to keep their foot on your throat and, and, you know, finish off the job. So another slow start. If it happens, can you overcome it? But more importantly, can you avoid the slow start? Can you avoid the slow start and, you know, again, do something you haven't done in quite a while, which, again, is, is have a halftime lead. I feel like it's been forever since South Carolina's gone to half, and I felt really good about the prospects of winning the game. So, again, got to avoid the slow start in this one, in my opinion, to have a chance. And my final storyline, guys, again, I talked about it a little bit earlier, but who needs to win more? That's always a fun conversation to have because, again, on one hand, you've got a team that – and I know some of you get tired of me saying this, by the way, but this is just the reality. South Carolina right now is playing to – whether you want to phrase it as save Frank Martin's job or solidify that he is the right answer for the future, hey, there's some uncertainty right now in regards to the future of South Carolina basketball. That's what the Gamecocks are playing for because guess what? The more we win, the more likely it is that Frank Martin is here for the long haul. On the other side, you've got Texas A&M. Started out SEC play 4-0, lost their last three. They come back home, right? I mean, this has got to be a must-win for them. You, you got to have this one if you're A&M. You got to look at yourself and say, we can't fall to 500 in league play on our home floor to a South Carolina team that, you know, let's call it for what it is, isn't exactly world beaters. So who needs this win more? Who's it more pivotal for, pivotal for Texas A&M or South Carolina? And it's going to be fun to watch two hungry, desperate teams, if you will. Duke it out. All right, let's move to Texas A&M players to watch for, guys. you got to start on the outside. Guard Quentin Jackson, 13 points per game, 3.3 rebounds per game. Been a really good player for them, a veteran guy. Ford Henry Coleman III is another one, big-time dude, 10.8 points per game and 5.5 rebounds per game. And then finally, guard Andre Gordon, 7.9 points per game and 2.5 rebounds per game. Lethal from outside, 48% three-point Shooter, guys, let's look at the keys to the game. What must South Carolina do 
to win this basketball game. Number one, I think you got to get to the free throw line. You got to get stop getting dominated at the free throw line. This whole thing of you shooting like 12 to 15 or so free throws and the opponent shooting 30, shooting 40, whatever, it can't happen. It can't happen. Again, make a way to get to the line. Be physical. Don't just settle for the jump shot. Be physical. Drive to the lane. Go to the paint. Whatever. Get to the free throw line. You cannot get dominated that fast. Yet again, my second key to the game. Guys, we already talked about it. you got to get off to a better start. You, you have to. You've got to get off to a better start. You've gotten away with that. You've cheated death, if you will, the last two times out against Georgia and Vanderbilt. You have cheated death, without a doubt. That will not happen again on the road. I, I, I'm, I'm willing to bank on it. You know what? If, I, if, if it happens a third time and I'm wrong, I'll be happily wrong. But at some point, you're going to play a team, and especially when you're on the road, you're not going to have your fan base and your home crowd to will you to victory and keep you positive and keep you optimistic. That team is going to keep their foot on your throat, and you're not going to come back. So you got to get off to a faster start if you're South Carolina. And my final key to the game, guys, is this, is find that spark on the road, man. You haven't played well. You haven't played well on the road. And it's really a, a mental thing when you go on the road. You know, I, I used to love when I played college baseball, and again, much smaller scale, I was D2. But you talk to a lot of athletes, man. They love going on the road, right? They love people trash talking. They love the booing. It drives them to be even better. So whatever it takes to motivate you, whatever it takes to pull your best game out, find it, find it. So again, my three keys to the game, get to the line and win at the line, get off to a faster start and find your spark on the road, which leads me into my prediction. How will the Gamecocks fare in College Station? They look for their sixth straight win over Texas A&M in this series. Very big game for both sides. Like I said, guys, you look at the South Carolina side, fighting for the future of South Carolina basketball. That's the way I think you can look at it. Fighting for the future of South Carolina basketball, a team looking to get back to 500. You've got positive momentum. I don't care who the wins were against. You've got positive momentum. Can you parlay that momentum, get back to 500 SEC play? Because I think if you can do that, again, there's no guarantees. Who knows what's going to happen? But if you can get to four and four, at least if nothing else, it, it, it cracks the door open to some possibilities for your season. Texas A&M, They've got big expectations under Buzz Williams. Lost three in a row. You're hungry. You're desperate. You're playing a South Carolina team, guys. Like I said, isn't exactly world beaters. It's a game you got to have. It's a game you got to have if you're Texas A&M. If, you, if they have any type of aspirations for postseason play or doing big things with their season, it's a game they have to win, right? With that being said, again, the Gamecocks have cheated death the last two games. Being dead in the water for the first what, 25, 30 minutes or so of the game, and then finding a spark, and they're able to mount this great comeback. And, you know, it's a great story. It's fun. It's exciting. You know, social media had a lot of fun with me after I picked Vandy to win the game. And, of course, the Gamecocks win. And, you know, I said at halftime, I was like, you know, the program's dead. This thing's dead. You know, I, I, I was done. I was fed up, right? So, of course, I heard it from everybody. And, that, and that's all fine and dandy, and it's a lot of fun. I'm really glad we won. I'm glad to see the Gamecocks in a two-game winning streak. And I'm very happy we were able to cheat death. My question is this. Was that a two-game set, a two-game thing where the slow starts will go away? Or is this who this team is? And I think more than likely, guys, it's just sort of who this team is at this point. We sort of know what we are. 
And the Gamecocks will not be able to cheat death for a third consecutive time. I think South Carolina does get off to another slow start. I think this is a very competitive game, by the way, back and forth. South Carolina has a lot of confidence against Texas A&M when these two teams play each other. But right now, I just, again, going on the road, A&M is desperate. They're hungry. They're going to be a desperate bunch on their home floor. They're going to give you their absolute best shot and best effort. And I think their best shot and their best effort is going to be better than what South kind of will have to produce or will be able to produce, I should say, on the road in a place that, again, being on the road, they have not played well. South kind of has not played well outside of that win at Vandy. You've lost by double digits every other time you were in a true road game. So, again, for that reason – I think it's a very close competitive game. I think Salcon has a spirited performance, but again, you can't cheat death for a third consecutive time. You go on the road and do that. AM, I think, will put their foot on your throat and they will not let off. That being said, it's a close game. It's a close loss, though. And I think the Gamecocks fall to three and five in SEC play. I got Texas AM getting the win. Lock me in. Aggie 73, South Carolina 69. Again, guys, I, I just think. You've been, you've been playing with fire here lately, and that's fine. And it makes for great dramatics, and it, it's awesome to look at. You know, the, the culture is great. The character is great. You know, look at what Frank Martin's doing. You know, he, he went on Jim Rome, you know, yesterday saying he's loving coaching this team and he's having a blast. And that's great. Hey, it's, it's fun when you're winning, right? You're able to look past all those deficiencies and all those things you're screwing up on when you're winning, and that's awesome. I'm taking nothing away from it. But when it comes to this game tomorrow, I just don't think you're going to be able to overcome those deficiencies, those slow starts, those mistakes you are making. So, again, lock me in. That reason, I got the Aggies. Texas A&M 73, South Carolina 69. And, again, guys, would love to hear your thoughts, your comments, your predictions in the comments below. Where am I right? Where am I wrong? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me hear it. All right, guys, let's talk Yardcocks here on this Friday, and then we'll close things up. I know I told you guys we're going to wait and save this for the Monday show, but I figured, you know what? Why not? Let's talk Yardcocks on a Friday. We're continuing along with the position at Preview Series, guys. Today, we're breaking down the Gamecocks' second baseman entering opening day as we sit now exactly three weeks away, 21 days from opening day. When you look at the second baseman, really intriguing position. Your key loss in this one, really the only guy you lost that really played here, and he mostly played third, is Jeff Heinrich. I mean, that's really the only guy. Maybe Brennan Malone every now and then, but he really stuck at third as well. Jeff Heinrich's the big loss. You know, a guy that wasn't wasn't a great player, call it for what it is, had some clutch moments for you, had some clutch hits, you know, a grinder, if you will, but was not an everyday type of guy. Your key returners, of course, the big one's Braylon Wimmer, um, a guy who was fantastic four years ago. Now, again, there's a lot of question, what position is he going to play? Is he going to play a position? We'll have to figure that out as we go through preseason camp and we get into opening day. But he's certainly a dude. He manned that position all year last year, and I thought did a fantastic job both at the plate and defensively. Obviously, you want to see him take some strides on the hitting side of things, you know, laying off the curb on the dirt. That seemed to be his favorite pitch at times last year. But I think he showed a well-rounded approach. He's got heck, hella power, um, a fantastic player. I think a guy that's certainly going to be a draft pick next year in the draft. And then Jack Mahoney is the name I list with key returners. And if you haven't listened to any of our analysis on South Carolina baseball in a while, you might be saying to yourself, Chris, what are you talking about? Jack Mahoney, isn't he a pitcher? You might recall last year, Jack Mahoney played a game at third. And while it didn't go well, this dude can do both. He actually came in as a two-way. And before last season, you know, I was going to scrimmages, going to inner squads, all that good stuff. And I saw a lot of Jack Mahoney playing on the infield. And I think the dude can swing the stick. Of course, he's not going to pitch this year because he had Tommy John, but he will be able to play the field. So Jack Mahoney going to factor in 
might even be your starting second baseman. Stay tuned for that, guys. We'll have projected lineups the week of opening day. And that takes me into most to prove. And, of course, guys, it is Jack Mahoney. Uh, again, I, I, I love what I love most about this kid. And I loved it when I saw it from him on the mound. And I know he's going to be the same dude in the field as well. This dude's a bulldog, man. This dude is a flat-out competitor. He's a winner. He loves to win. He loves to fight. He loves to compete. That alone will make him a great baseball player. But in regards to the rest of the game, is he ready to be an everyday contributor? Because from what we've heard, what I've heard, that's kind of what's going to be expected of him. You know, they're talking about Braylon Wimmer being a DH. Maybe he plays outfield. You know, I'm sure he's going to play some second this year. But it sounds like they're putting a lot on the shoulders of Jack Mahoney. And I don't really know outside of maybe like Jalen Vasquez is another returner that could play there. But I think they want this to be Mahoney's spot. So is he ready to be an everyday contributor? Because, again, we haven't seen a lot of him. We saw him one time in the Friday night against Mizzou. And I don't take a lot from that because it was one of those things. You know, I was able to talk to some people off the record, and, and they said, you know, he didn't find out he was even playing in the field until like the day before and hadn't taken ground balls, and which is kind of crazy when you think about, you know, putting him in that situation in an SEC game, if you will. But is Jack Mahoney ready to be an everyday guy? Uh, again, the grind that comes with that of being an everyday second baseman in the SEC. Best overall, guys, it's no secret. Braylon Wimmer, 271 a year ago, 11 home runs, 31 RBIs. This kid can absolutely swing the stick. He can fly. He's one of the most athletic guys in your lineup. Again, whether it be at second base, it be at DH, it be in the outfield, he's going to contribute. Again, that's just the big question is where does he play? Where does he play? Because I, I thought he played a really good second. I thought he showed great range, got a good arm. Uh, I know at times fans were frustrated a bit here and there because I think he almost tried to make too spectacular of a play, if that makes sense. Like, it, it, it was – he almost tried to do a little bit too much at times. But dude's a competitor again, man. He wants to make all the plays. You got to love that, respect that. I thought he was fantastic out there, to be honest with you. And he showed that range of the speed, his athleticism. But, again, it's about getting the best nine in the lineup. It's about getting the best nine hitters in the lineup also. So, again, if you can move Wimmer to DH – Get somebody else at second. You can move them to outfield, get somebody at DH in second, whatever they got to do. I think you're going to see that happen. I think you see Wimmer play all over the field this year. But I'm going to go ahead and list him as the best overall in this spot because, again, I think right now you have to give him that nod after what he did last year off of what we know, going off of what we know. Braylon Wimmer is the best option out of these guys. But, again, I'm very bullish and very high on Jack Mahoney, which leads me into season will be successful if. What spells a successful season for the Gamecocks second baseman in this 2022 season? And it's very simple. Guys, it's no secret, right? From the people that I've talked to behind closed doors, it sounds like Braylon Wimmer is going to be the DH. So second base is wide open. Jack Mahoney is the dude everybody is looking at. And again, I love the way the kid plays the game. I love how competitive he is. The season will be successful if, simply put, Jack Mahoney can emerge as an everyday guy. Bottom line. Can he be an everyday guy? Is his stick good enough? I don't doubt that his fielding is good enough. Don't doubt it at all. I saw this kid take a lot of ground balls in the fall. Saw him play infield in the fall. I got no doubt he can field well enough. Again, he's not going to be Scott Wingo out there, but I, I have no doubt he can field well enough to get the job done. It's all about the stick for me. Can he swing it good enough? Can he hit good enough? And, uh, you know, I've got good word, good authority Folks are expecting him. Some close to the Mahoney camp are expecting him to hit around 315, 320, 327. If he can do that, this kid goes from unknown to an all-SEC second baseman. So, again, I think those expectations, maybe they're a bit high, 
But I can tell you what, Jack Mahoney, guys, I know this for a fact, has confidence. He's excited. He wants the job. He's a dude that wants the ball hit to him. He wants to be in that position at the plate, bases loaded, two outs, three, two count, down by one. He wants to be in those spots. And that's a big piece, man, in regards to finding the best nine. That's a big piece in regards to finding those dudes with that mentality. So, again, season will be successful if Jack Mahoney can just emerge as an everyday player and be consistent enough for you to be in that lineup from opening day till the end of the season. Let's hand out the overall grade, guys. And when I look at this position, again, I think it is going to fall on Jack Mahoney. Because of that, there's just so much unknown about Jack, man. Again, I think, you know, I I think he's going to be a very competent fielder. No clue what he's going to be at the plate. I I feel good about it. I think the potential is there. But I got to give the grade a C just for uncertainty. Just for uncertainty. C for uncertainty. I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Does Braylon Wimmer play second? Does somebody else, God forbid, step up at the second base position? So, I think for that reason, because it's such an unknown, I, I got to give a C. And it, it kind of bodes with the rest of this team. There's a lot of question marks that I feel good about. The talent's there, but they are question marks. So, again, for that reason, guys, lock me in. I think a C overall. But I am really excited to see what Jack Mahoney can do because I do think, not to spoil my predictions for my opening day lineup or anything like that, I do have a feeling that Mahoney will be your starting second baseman. I have a pretty good sneaking suspicion that it is going to be Jack Mahoney. He is going to get that opportunity. But again, for me, it's just all about is the bat ready? Is the bat ready to be an everyday bat? Is the bat ready to be a guy that goes up against the best arms in the SEC? That's my question. So again, overall grade is a C. Lock me in for that. Guys, that's going to do all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in. Hey, thanks so much, man. This has been incredible. I'm telling you right now, man, I'm sitting out here. Sun is setting, breeze is blowing. There are worse studio setups than what yours truly is experiencing right now. Guys, hope you're having a fantastic Friday. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. Again, leave your thoughts in the comments below, whether it's the basketball game, the yard cocks, your thoughts on the second baseman, my overall grade, my score prediction for the hardwood, where you agree, where you disagree, let me hear it from you. But guys, hey, that's going to do it all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. Go Cox, beat Texas A&M, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.